Hello and welcome to the Crochet Circle podcast. This is episode 18, Sheer Joy, which is what I've been having all month and I'll tell you all about it within the podcast. My name is Faye. I live in Cheshire in England for the time being um, and I do this podcast on a monthly basis. It comes out on the first Friday of every month, religiously. <laughs> Um, it's usually out by about 10 o'clock every of those Fridays. You can also catch the show notes at www.thecrochetcircle.podbean.com and I link to them through the YouTube channel as well. And that's where I put all of the information. So if you want the links to the patterns or you want to know the yarns that I'm using, the show notes are most definitely the best place to go to. We also have a wonderful Ravelry group for this podcast and it's called the Crochet Circle Podcast under Ravelry Groups. Such a lovely bunch of people. I played catch up in there yesterday. I hadn't been in for a couple of weeks just because of my um, erratic lifestyle over the last month and I just love the fact that you guys are not dependent on me being in there to keep things going everybody's full of chatter it's the most supportive group just lovely bunch of folk um so yeah if you haven't already joined the ravelry group go and have a look and see what's going on there we've got some great discussions going and there's um some new content going into there that i'll talk about later in the podcast i'm also on instagram uh under crochet underscore circle underscore podcast um, and I try and do wool related stuff or whatever I'm up to that I think is wool relatable um, onto there. And I also, um, as my business of Knit It Who Could Craft It, you can catch me on Instagram for that side of things. And that is Knit It Who Could is where you can find me there. And on Ravelry, I am Ma Dashfer. And again, all of that information is over at the show notes. I think that's all you need to know for now, isn't it? Should we crack on? Should we get into the body of it? Let's start with old dog new tricks. Um, <laughs> you know sometimes when you do things and you've done it that way for a long, long time and you never really stop to think, is that the best way? Am I doing that correctly? That's what happened to me in the last couple of months. I found that my my ball winder was giving me a lot of what is often referred to as yarn barf in the middle of my yarn cakes. And to the point that because I have to, because of my job, I have to wind up quite a few cakes of yarn during any given week. And it, it was becoming really frustrating. So I was investigating buying a new ball winder and going for one of these fancy pants wooden ones. but. They're 70, 80 pounds. They're quite a large investment for something that, you know, I might use five or six times a week. Um, but I was seriously looking at making that investment and Beck from Wool Gathering was talking about maybe coming in with me as well because um, she also has problems with her ball winder. And then I thought, well, I know I didn't spend a lot of money on it, but if we're both having problems, maybe there's a bigger issue here. And I finally looked at my ball winder in detail. And if you've got the same one that I have, it's red and cream coloured. And when you look at the um, 
the circular part of it, it has two words on it and it will say fasten and loosen. And my natural reaction is to wind my ball winder clockwise because that's what my hand wants to do. Your hand automatically goes clockwise. And when I looked at the direction that it tells you to do it, to wind on to your ball, so clearly I did not read the instructions, um, you actually are meant to go anti-clockwise. And so I did one kick of yarn clockwise, so loosen, one kick of yarn anti-clockwise for fasten. And guess what? When you do it anti-clockwise, actually you get a really lovely kick of yarn. I'm the kind of girl though that thinks that I don't need to read the IKEA instructions to assemble furniture. So, you know, maybe I should learn my lesson on this one and start reading things properly. I do the same with patterns sometimes when I'm crocheting and knitting and I'm just like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing, it's fine. And then I have to frog back. So yes, if you are also having problems with your ball winder, check what it says on it and try going anti-clockwise rather than clockwise because you might just find that um, you're doing it the wrong way around and that's why and it's it's very tight so when I do it the other way around I get a really lovely cake from the ball winder so clearly for kind of two and a half years I've been doing it wrongly and now I've sorted it so good tip for you there if you're having issues try going the opposite way or try reading the label like I didn't. So rather than just having finished objects <laughs> this time round, I also have some unfinished objects, undone finished objects maybe, that might be a better way of putting it. For the festival of finishing Craft Along that I'm running at the moment, I had a serious, serious dig through all of my crafting projects. Um, what I found were loads of little squares when I've been playing about with pattern ideas or there was something that I thought I was going to make and then it's never come to fruition, little rectangles and bits and pieces or tension squares that I've used for um, swatching with and I had loads of them, just bits and pieces and I mentioned last time that Yael and her friends have a project called The Blanket of Hope and Love and they will accept squares, rectangles of all different shapes and sizes because they can then pull them together into a blanket. So I was ruthless. I went all the way through my crafting cupboards and I pulled out loads of bits and pieces including what was my Shoreline's blanket. I came to the conclusion that I just wasn't going to finish it off. I just lost my passion for the project. So instead I have woven in all of the ends and it's going to head to Sweden and head to somebody um, via Yael and um, Hedvig and Emily and it will go to somebody who genuinely needs a blanket in their life. So I've got a pile of stuff to send over to Yael and when I was going through the bits and pieces that were as I would put it, odds and sods from my crafting cupboards. I also came across two shawls that I was never going to wear and they were just sat in my cupboard so I frogged them both, um, one of which I still have sat in the cake of yarn, which I will, or ball of yarn, which I will 
put into granny squares and I'll send them over to Sweden as well. And then the other one, which was a bit of a um, British breeds project. So I tried three different British breeds in a shawl. And whilst I loved working with the different breeds, actually I wasn't overly enamoured with the finished object. So I frogged it all back, had loads and loads of little balls of um, yarn all over the place and I decided to make little granny squares that um, again could be put into blankets by Yael and her friends. So she's got a load of granny squares which is far more use than a shawl that would just be sitting in my uh, cupboard doing nothing. So although they don't really look like they're finished objects there's nothing more that I can do with them because it's it's a heap of bits of squares and rectangles of yarn but there's nothing more I can do with them so it's time to get them passed on to Yael and they can be her finished object um, pile instead of mine. So they'll all be heading to Sweden shortly as soon as, as, soon as I have worked with the wool that I frogged from the other shawl. So that'll be a lovely big pile go off and going to be used for something way more positive than I was doing with it. So that didn't take too long, but it was quite a lot of weave, weaves to end in. <sighs> weaves to end in. It was a lot of weaves to end in. <laughs> it was quite a lot of ends to weave in, which I'm gathering via the internet, lots of people have issues with and really, really hate weaving their ends in. I know some people really don't mind it, but uh, I, I don't mind. I try and do it as I go along. I find that that is the best option. So, and what I mean by that is that I will crochet it in as I'm going along and not too tightly so that I can still move it a little while I'm blocking it. And then generally that only gives me one end to finish off with that I need to sew in properly. Um, so that makes my life a lot easier. But I, yeah, I can see why if you had a massive blanket with loads and loads of colour changes, you wouldn't be so happy about having to weave in all those ends. So that was um, the first set of finished objects that I had. And that was really nice, chill out crocheting and just, um, I really enjoy the act of charity crafting and knowing that what I'm doing is going to make somebody else happier and make their life a little more pleasant. So that was a really nice project to do. The other thing that I finished is a pair of socks and these are the Kipper socks from Pom Pom Quarterly. It's issue one. They actually redid issue one um, this last quarter because Pom Pom Quarterly has been going for five years now. And I really loved the socks that they had in the previous version had the pattern going all the way down the foot, which that just would have been too much for me. But I love, love the effect that I've got and the yarn, which is Life in the Long Grass. It was one of the um, subscription colourways that I got, and it's called Chlorophyll. And you may recognise it because I also used it in my Tunisian shawl, with that dark orange, um, real burnt orange colour with it as well. It was the Ocaso shawl by Sol Rincaret. So 
loving these socks. I haven't yet worn them because what happens, of course, is I make these things and then I have to show them off on the podcast and then I can't wear them because they've got to be beautiful before I... Um, they've got to be beautiful on the podcast before I show them off. So I'm now allowed to wear these and I'm heading off on holiday shortly so these will be in my holiday suitcase. It's a really lovely yarn to work with, The Life in the Long Grass. It's 80% merino, 20% nylon and it's already soft to work with but it really softens up well. I've used it for, across quite a few projects now, both um, knitted and crocheted and I will do a proper review on this yarn because I really like it um, and I love the way that she gets her dyes to filter through the speckled effect. is It's just beautiful, really pleased with it. And not a colour that I liked when it first came out of the subscription box. I was a bit minute about it and I have since completely changed my mind. They are very cheerful socks, very bright greens and little bits of luminous yellow in there and purples and little hints of orange and rust. Um, it's definitely not a colourway I would have bought in the shop but because it was part of the subscription I have definitely grown to love it. So that was that and what else do I have? This time I'm going to remember what is behind me which is what is on Claude my mannequin. Um, Claude is wearing something else that came from the pom-pom quarterly remake and it's called the Netherton Pullover and this was also a stash bingo project so you may remember I was I still am doing stash bingo which is um, I pulled out six loads of yarn that were some of my oldest yarn sat in my stash I numbered them and then I had to use a um, random number generator to dictate which project it was that I was working on next and the one that came up was this which is I had a stack of I think it was 500 grams of the Artisano super wash in double knitting and I can no longer get that yarn so I wanted to make sure that whatever I made from it I wasn't going to run out and this little cropped pullover seemed like the ideal use it used just under 350 grams so I've still got some wool to play with, but I'm thinking about some mittens or a cowl or something that will match in with it. Um, I really enjoy doing this pullover. I tend to be doing more and more garment crocheting and knitting at the moment. And probably more knitting than crocheting. That's not because I prefer it in particular. What I'm finding is that by doing garment knitting, it's teaching me an awful lot about the construction of a garment and I'm then able to apply that to my crochet garments that I make. So it's a really helpful tool and technique for me to understand how raglan works and then how I could incorporate that into a cardigan um, that's crocheted or a jumper that's crocheted. So it's, it's really interesting for me and I, I love understanding more about how something is made up and the construction of it. So I whizzed through this jumper. I was also doing it as part of the Summer of Romance Cal, which has been run by Claudia from the Crochet Luna podcast and Clarissa Beth from the Crochet Cakes podcast. Um, and it's all about your favourite couple, maybe through literature 
or uh, a movie or a TV series. You had to pick your favourite couple and then somehow represent them either with the pattern or the yarn choice. My absolute favourite couple um, cut across both literature and TV. So it's Mr Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet. And I love them in the book, I really do, but I think the BBC adaptation with Colin Firth is... It's just beautiful. I really love it. I love how feisty Elizabeth is in that and how wet Colin Firth can be at times. Um, I just, I, I love the way that their relationship plays across the screen in the BBC adaptation. Um, and then the yarn seemed to work well because the colours were a good replication of a jacket that Colin Firth wears and the little boxy nature of the pullover is not dissimilar to the style that Elizabeth Bennet wore. Again, it was little cropped jackets and it's very sweet. And of course, the jumper is called Netherton. I'm really crowbarring it in here, but Netherton isn't too dissimilar to Netherfield, which is where Mr Bingley's estate is. He, he owns Netherfield estate. So I feel fully justified in my choice of pattern and yarn and the couple that I chose. And uh, so, yeah, that was my knitted object for their um, knit or crochet along. And I've just started a crocheted object as well, which I'll talk about. So you'll hear about one of my other favourite couples that I just love and adore. It's, they're very different from Mr Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet. So I managed to do that fairly quickly, that um, pullover. I've done that within this month. I don't think I had started it last time I recorded the podcast. And because we've been here, there and everywhere, we've had quite a lot of car time and I've had quite a bit of time where I've been able to sit and talk with friends and family, but also knit at the same time. So I've been able to get through quite a few objects. Um, one of the other ones I couldn't resist. I should not have done this last week because I had so many other things I should have been doing. But I bought Simply Crochet magazine. And for those that are watching, for those on audio, I might take a photo of my ridiculous top because it's my top is just cactus. It's cacti. It's just full of them. Love it. It's white with loads of green cactuses on it. And Simply Crochet magazine had a free kit for a little cactus and I've called her Cynthia and Matthew was out for the night and I went to pick him up and he said oh have you had a good evening and I was like oh it's very constructive evening Matthew very constructive I said what what have you done that I'd taken the cactus in the car with me and showed him he just he looked at me like I was as mad as a box of frogs um, I couldn't help it. I spent three hours crocheting up Cynthia the cactus. And I just love her. She's such a cheery little soul. And she's going to be on my display stand when I do different yarn shows. She's going to have all my blocking pins in her. But she just she just wants to wave at you and say, hola. <laughs> oh, she's so cute. And she's going to have lots of friends. She can't, she can't just be on her own as a cactus. So I'm going to make her some pals. And they'll all have little blocking pins in them. <laughs> oh, I think I may need some time off. <laughs> I think I'm very tired. So I just have two other um, finished objects that I've done. And they are related. 
If you follow me on Instagram at Knit It Hook It, you might have seen the bag that I'm about to show you. It's called Hove and it's a beach bag. And let me pull it up. It's full of yarn. I need to stuff it out so that I could show you how it looks when it's got stuff in it. And because I'm out in the office, I thought, oh, I should really put a beach towel in it and show it off that way. But instead I've just shoved it full of yarn and wool, so it's actually really quite heavy. But Hove is made out of Erica Knight's Gossipy cotton. And it takes just 300 grams to make and you need three, three different colours to pull the beach bag together. And again, I've used the O-bag handles on it and also the O-bag inner, which is amazing. I really like this. It's waterproof, which means that you can take your, um, your bag down to the beach. The cotton will survive whatever you throw at it. But whatever you have inside your bag is waterproofed from the bottom up. And it's got a really neat drawstring so you don't have everything falling out of your bag. So that got finished off and I've adapted the pattern ever so slightly from this and Beck is pattern testing this for me um, now. So this uses intarsia crochet which is something that I've come to love. <laughs> I didn't love it about a year ago I tried making a cushion with it and I just didn't didn't like the technique mainly because I put myself right in at the deep end and I should have tried on a a much simpler project to begin with and I didn't. So I've come back and I now absolutely love the technique of intarsia crochet. So hence doing this design and I have a few others up my sleeve as well. But one of the things that I've been working on so that others don't fit in, others don't fall into the same pitfall that I did with intarsia crochet is I've designed <clears throat> a little purse and this is up on my blog at Knit It Hook It as a free of charge um, pattern. And what it does is it shows you the techniques that you require for intarsia as a flat piece of fabric, so working in rows. And then it allows you to add a zip quickly and then sew up the seams. It takes less than two hours to make this. And the beauty of it is what you're effectively making is your tension square for the whole beach bag but rather than just having like I had which are now being sent over to Yalta, Sweden rather than just having another tension square lying about the house I wanted it to be something that was practical and useful so it's large enough to hold your car keys and your credit card so when you head to the beach you pop them in there and then it goes into your whole beach bag and also it just allows you to double check whether intarsia crochet is something that you like or not and with this little purse design, the Hove purse, you're only working with three balls of yarn which is really good practice. With the Hove beach bag you would move up to five which makes your yarn management a little more difficult but still very manageable. I'm working on another project at the moment which has 13 balls of yarn on it it's a lot more difficult but worth it the effect is beautiful so 
Yeah, give it a go. If you've never tried intarsia crochet before, I give you three really good pointers on the things that you need to look for when you're doing intarsia in rows. And you've got the chart for the hove purse. So it just allows you to check it out and do your tension swatch rather than wasting any of your yarn and any of your time. Make sure that it's the right technique for you before you go on and buy loads of yarn for um, another project. I'll, I'll provide links into the show notes for that. I was writing the blog post up last night, so that is ready to go. Um, so yeah, that was another finished object ready. So to celebrate the fact that it is my 40th next week, and the fact that Matthew and I are going on holiday, what I wanted to do was make the pattern available to Crochet Circle listeners and Knit It Hook It customers free of charge. So it will be free on Ravelry for a period of time. That will start on the 10th of July, my birthday, and then it will, um, I'll probably keep that running until the end of the month and thereafter it will be £3.50 for the pattern. So if you like the Hove Beach Bag and you fancy giving Intarsia Crochet a go, try the purse out, um, download the pattern from Ravelry and um, yeah, good luck with it. I'd love to see anybody that um, that makes it. It's a really quick bag to crochet up. This only takes about 15 to 16 hours in total and it's, it's a very easy pattern to remember. So once you've started the Intarsia, as long as you've got the techniques down, actually it's really simple to make. And Intarsia is one of those things that can be a little scary to begin with, but it's definitely worth persevering. Read the blog post if you're interested and take your cue from there because if you stick to the three main points, you should be fine with what you produce and, and um, yeah, you'll be, you'll be fine. So yes, that will run from the 10th of July to the end of the month and thereafter it will be a pay for pattern. But I'll pop it up on the Ravelry thread on Instagram for the crochet circle and on the tit hook it as well. <sighs> 40. And thank you everybody, I meant to add this, that came back to me on hair, extra hair growing in. Apparently, I'm not the only wolf girl in the world. Jo also has the same issue. Um, Catherine, thank you. Catherine's resolve for this was to send me some IMAC. <laughs> So it may come to that point where I have to imac my forehead to not be wolf girl. And somebody else, I can't I can't remember who it was, I know it was on YouTube, um, she said that she had straight hair and then she hit her 40s and her hair went curly. And then when she hit her 50s, it started to straighten out again. So I wonder if that'll happen to me. I'd love to have curly hair. I've always had pretty much dead straight hair and quite thin, so curly would definitely make it bouncier, especially if it's coming all the way down my face. Wolf girl with curly hair. Nice. <laughs> so thank you for letting me know that I'm not the only one with hair issues as I hit into my, uh, my next stage of life. Good to know I'm not alone. One of the things I meant to mention with the Hove Beach Bag is I will be remaking it in another cotton. The Gossipium cotton that Erica does is beautiful, but other people may want a slightly cheaper option on that. So I'm also going to remake it in the Yarn and Colours must-have range. 
Now, I came across these people via um, Sarah Blackshoot Bulls. She was telling me about this guy that's running his own yarn company out of Holland, I believe it is. And he has got the most amazing range of colours. There's over 100 colours in the cottons that he does. He also does wool and acrylic mixes. And the, this one's a slightly lighter yarn than the the cotton that Erica does and it's 125 meters for 50 grams. The colors are just incredible. So I've chosen three that I think complement really nicely. So there's a salmony pink, quite a nice rose pink and a peachy color. So I will remake the whole bag in that. My intention is also to do a yarn review on all of his range. He very kindly sent me over a load of yarn to test out and review and I have to say I'm, I'm impressed. I said last time round that not all cotton is created equal and I think that's right, quite a lot of it hurts my hands when I'm working with it, that this stuff, having not worked with it yet, but it seems beautifully soft. Um, it's 100% mercerised cotton. Looking forward to having a play with it and see how it works. It's also made in Europe. So yeah, I'll let you know how I get on with this lot. And I'm not sure I'll have another beach bag to show you next time round because I've got another beach bag pattern that I want to do. But um, yeah, we'll see. I'm going on holiday, maybe I'll just crochet for seven days. <laughs> do you know, that would be bliss. I would love that, but I don't think Matthew would be overly happy with that prospect. So let's look at some whips. I mentioned a moment ago that I had done another stash bingo thing with my Netherton pullover and also that I wanted to do a crocheted project for the Summer Romance Cal that Claudia and Clarissa Beth are doing. And so <laughs> I started a shawl the other day and it's been really quick to work on and it is the Franz Shawl by Joanne Scrace. So I did another random number generate and what came up was my beautifully soft um, possum yarn. This is by Touch and I bought this when I was over in New Zealand um, almost a couple of years back. And it has oranges and deep pinks and going through to a mid raspberry pink almost a ready colour in it. It's absolutely beautiful. And I wish, like, if I could send you a little woolly hug down the line to show you how soft this is, it's incredible. Even to the point that when I showed it to Jenny at the weekend, she wasn't sure about the colours and then she felt the yarn and suddenly she liked it a little bit more. Um, and in case you're wondering, the colours are orange, red and pink and very watermelony. Some of you will have got that reference straight away because watermelons leads in rather nicely to who my next couple are for the Summer of Romance crochet along. It has to be Johnny and Baby from Dirty Dancing. Oh, I love that film. When I'm knackered out, when I've just come back from a yarn show and the next day and I've emptied the vehicle 
and I'm ready to just sit and chill and do nothing. Dirty Dancing is my go-to movie. I could pretty much give you it word for word, the entire thing. I love Dirty Dancing. So when I got this yarn in my stash bin going, I think I'd already paired it up with the Franz shawl anyway. Um, I figured it, it has to go for the Summer of Romance crochet alone because it's watermelon and I'm currently carrying a watermelon. <laughs> so many of you will probably not get that reference, but I just oh, love it, love it, love it. And I'm using a really lovely little stitch marker that was sent to me by Hannah from the Cozy Cottage podcast. So it's come all the way from Florida. So thank you, Hannah. It's lovely. Yeah, this is such a quick shawl to make up. It's a repetitive um, two rows and once you've got that in your memory bank then that's it. You you don't actually need to take the um, the pattern out with you. And it's one of those that starts and then increases and increases and, and increases. So of course each row takes longer to do every single time but what it does mean is that I will be able to use up every single part of this skein of yarn pretty much um, which suits my nature I don't I don't really like wastage I don't like it when a pattern tells you you need like 200 grams and then what you actually need is 110 grams um, or you know I don't mind that so much when there's then another supporting pattern like the hove purse and the bag where you're using up the remnants of your yarn. I did the same with the bag and the little paraphernalia purse that I did for take two and um, that that would use up 200 grams. So I'm really loving the pattern. I'm not sure if it's something that I'm going to wear at the end of it. I'm not entirely, I love the pattern, I'm just not entirely convinced that the colours are right for me but um, it will go straight to Jenny if I don't like it. I said this to her and she gave me a little look of, I'll accept that, that'll be fine. <laughs> so I reckon that because this is a nice repetitive pattern, um, this will be a good one for the car journey as Matthew and I go off on holiday. Um, because it's just nice and easy and it's not one where you have to look down a lot or read. So. It's not so bad for a car journey. So come next podcast, I will probably have that in my finished objects pile. And it's using a six millimeter hook. Now, although the pattern calls for um, two skeins of double knitting yarn, I'm actually using one skein of four ply because it's, it's quite fluffy. It's got quite a lot of bounce to it, this yarn and actually I quite like the slightly open texture that I'm getting. Also, it's extremely warm yarn. So the idea of it being really dense and being that warm, I think you would just, it would be like wearing a radiator. So to have a slightly more open structure, I thought the pattern looked good for it and I think it's probably more practical as well. But I'll feedback, you'll get to see that one next month. Then this morning, I started, you know, as you do, plenty to do. And whilst I was having my morning cups of tea, plural, it's never just one, 
I figured I would start another project again and it's one that I can do when I'm in the car on the way up. So I keep on referring to this because Matthew and I are away at the end of this week. Which is kind of scary because it's Tuesday, it's now Tuesday afternoon, it's Tuesday lunchtime. Podcast has to be edited down and ready to go on ideally Thursday night because we leave first light Friday morning. And we've got about a nine, ten hour car journey ahead of us as we make our way up to um, the west coast of Scotland. So I have got lots of car time ahead of me. Of course I'll have to do driving as well, which I don't mind, I love driving. Um, but it means that, you know, even if we share the driving, I've still got maybe four to five hours of crochet time in the car. So I wanted to choose some projects that are easy to memorise so I don't need to keep on looking down um, but also are ultimately probably going to be practical for when I get to the end of my journey and during my holiday I'll have stuff that I can probably wear. So it's the Evesham socks that I'm making and they are from the Crochet Year book by Kat Golden and Joanne Scrace. I've actually made these before and I made them with Rachel Coopy's Socks Yeah yarn which is I think 75% merino, 25% nylon and they're lovely to wear, they're, they've got a real, almost like a silkiness to them but I find that they slouch quite a bit and I have a working theory that if I use a yarn which has got a little more fibrousness to it so it's a little toothier, then I think it's more likely to hug around my leg and stay up better. I mean, I know it can be more difficult to get a, a really neat fit on your foot with crochet socks. They're so lovely and warm. I really like wearing them. And I've worn these a lot um, over the last year or so. So I'm replicating the pattern using exactly the same hook size, um, exactly the same number of stitches, but I'm just using a different yarn. And the one that I'm testing is the Regia um, four colour. And I'm enjoying working with it. I mean, I've probably only done six different rows or so. It's got a slight variegation to it. I dare say it'd be a beautiful self-striping yarn if you were doing knitting socks with it. But I really love the effect. It's almost like a a mottled effect that I'm getting with it as a crocheted project. I'll add photos into the show notes. It's really lovely. Um, and it goes from teals into quite a really dark blue, almost black. And then this kind of blushed mauve colour in through it. It's, it's lovely. And... It does already feel a little sturdier and a little more likely to stay up on my leg than the Solskjaer one. I'm doing this in part for Claudia's podcast. She's got a really good segment on the go which is all about socks and crocheted socks and it's called Sock It To Me and she's working with Tamara Goodham who we all know and love and um, they're doing great work on socks and I said I would test run different types of yarn on the same pattern just to see what the differences are 
um, if there are any at all. So I'll be able to report back on that and report back to Claudia and Tamara and let them know what's happening um, with the different yarns with this pattern. But I would imagine, I think these socks only took me about five hours to make, so feasibly I could have a sock by the end of my epic journey to Scotland. So looking forward to that, and of course, it gives me another pair of socks for the winter time. So I think this regular yarn is quite widely available. I bought it when I was over in Germany at Christmas time, when I was in Munich. Um, and the number is 02261, if anyone's interested, but I'll try and provide a link to it in the show notes. I'd be interested to see how it knits up as well, because, like I say, I think it would have a really lovely um, self-striping effect to it. So that was another work in progress. None of these were in my lineup for festival finishing. These are new projects that I've started. But I actually was at a point where I didn't have any crochet on the hook other than design work that I'm working on. And I can't always show that on the podcast and talk about that on the podcast. So I thought it was a good excuse to hook on a couple of other projects. But talking of festival finishing, I have been working on... So I've, I have kind of three and a half major projects I want to finish by the end of August for the festival finishing and rather than me doing a little bit on each of them I think I would find that quite frustrating because progress can seem very slow when you tackle a project in that way and as I discovered with making that pullover actually if you just have one big thing on the go it feels like you get through it quite rapidly and so that's what I've been doing with one of my festival of finishing works in progress. Now this has been on the go for quite some time and it's a cross stitch of the Doctor Who TARDIS with some fleur de lis around it and it's been it's quite an undertaking. It's not particularly complicated, you know, as far as cross stitches go, but the fleur de lis element does take quite a bit of brain space to work out where you are in the pattern and this will eventually become a cushion so even when I finish the cross stitch element of it that's not a finished object because I then have to actually make the cushion. Now I think I'm going to take this on holiday with me but what that means is that I may also take my sewing machine and make the cushion and come back south with a finished object. Maybe, we'll see. We've got so much stuff to pack. <laughs> I, yeah, we'll, we'll see how much space there is, but I may be taking a sewing machine with me on holiday. But certainly, by the time I come and do the next podcast, again, I would like to think that this will be a finished object and it will be sat on the sofa in our kitchen, which is where it's meant to be. So, pleased to have made some really good progress on that. I reckon I've maybe got about another five hours worth of cross stitching to do on that and the issue that I've found with cross stitching is it's quite intense and it seems like progress is so much slower than crochet because what you're doing is minute and you know it takes a long time just to do a few stitches 
whereas with crochet a few stitches quickly bulks up to something that's very tangible and you can see very quick results. This has just been a much slower burn and I know it, it will be beautiful when I finish to it but I have to keep on going back to crochet because that's where the quick rewards and quick wins are for me. And then I have one final work in progress which um, I probably need to explain a little bit about. Last year for my birthday, Jenny and Fraser and her kids very kindly gave me an experience day. And that experience day was to go and learn how to shear sheep. <laughs> and you can imagine when I opened that card, that is the ideal present for me. Learning a skill, getting to stand and talk to the shepherd about his craft and his way of thinking and his life and yeah it was it was just fantastic so the whole thing is done by a company called a good day out and i'll provide all the information within the show notes the farm was based in wales also in um, just outside brecon and it was such a good day jenny came along with me as well and the whole premise is it's it's um, fleece to felt so you learn how to shear the sheep and then you use some of that wool to do some wet felting and that's exactly what we did and just i absolutely loved it now there were four of us there so the first couple did the sheep shearing first and then jenny and, and jenny and i were doing the the wet felting and then we swapped out after lunch so you start by wet felting the base and then they give you different coloured um, wool to put on top and to wet felt on top. So what I've done is the, the base, they were, the breed were Welsh Mountain, which have got really beautiful, creamy um, colouring to the to their wool, to their fleece, and almost at times a kind of like a champagne pinkness to it. Really beautiful, beautiful sheep. Um, and then I have coloured it and created like a, a sea and beach scene. And the reason that this is a work in progress is because I think what I'm going to do is do some either some machine sewing on it or some hand embroidery to really pull out the waves and the seashore and pull it together as a finished piece. And then I, I don't quite know how I'm going to frame it, but I'm going to do something with it because I really I really like what I've created and I, I like the vision that I have for the final piece in my head. And it was such a cracking, cracking day out and I really want to be able to show it off as like a really nice memory and hang it up in my office. Um, so what I might do is try and find a piece of driftwood when I'm up on holiday on the Isle of Harris and the Outer Hebrides and try and make a driftwood frame for this piece. But if you're looking for an unusual birthday present for somebody or you know a present I heartily recommend this course. There are only of course certain times of the year that you can do it which is why it's taken almost a year for us to be able to get in and do the shearing but it was so much fun and I learned so much about the industry where it's heading to um, from a, a shepherding farming point of view 
I wanted to do a quick update on the festival of finishing. I am loving seeing all of the projects are coming through and <laughs> it's been really funny to see that other people have had the exact same experience that I have had. You've forgotten about projects that are hiding in your house and it's not until you really go searching and really get into the depths of your house that you find all of the bits and pieces that you had completely forgotten about. Now, by my reckoning, we've got about 50 finished objects in there already, which is fantastic given that we are just one month through the three month craft along. Um, I, I, yeah, it's been fantastic the, the response that we've had to it and some people have just really gone for it. Lisa, I'm thinking about you in particular. She went through her house like a tornado, listed everything out, photographed it all, worked out what she was going to do with each of them. And I think she's almost at the three. I think Lisa, you had 23 different projects that you were either fogging, donating, finishing off for the festival. And I think you're almost at the end of it. She's been doing incredible work and great at uploading it onto the Ravelry thread and using hashtag festival of finishing on Instagram as well. Really impressed with the way that she's approached it and the speed that she's able to finish off her projects. It's, it's incredible. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to mention, I was going to put this out on Instagram to begin with, but actually I really wanted to hold it back because the first time really that I wanted to push it forward was to give it proper credit from within the podcast. I received two lovely messages from fellow podcasters. Um, the first one came from Claudia at the Crochet Luna podcast and she wants to match fund one US dollar for every one pound that I'm putting in for a finished object and it will go to Knit for Peace as well. And um, the other person that came forward is actually, it's two people, but it's Caroline and Cathy from Evertotes. You might know Caroline, she is one third of the Fibre Friends podcast, one of my new favourite podcasts um, on the knitting side, it's just brilliant, knitting and needlework. And she, well, they, Caroline and Cathy, are going to donate one Canadian dollar up to $100 for every finished object that hits the Instagram thread or the Festival of Finishing thread. I, I've said before, I'm not an overly emotional person, I'm quite rational about things, but when these emails came through, I was so happy that other people wanted to help and could see the, the worth of donating to Knit for Peace and really making sure that people both in the UK and around the world have got warm clothing and are able to keep warm at night and that we can really help to distribute a lot more clothing to people that really need it. So by my reckoning, every finished object that now hits that thread, thanks to Claudia, Caroline and Cathy, it's now worth £2.37, give or take. That was going on yesterday's exchange rates rather than just a pound and that's a massive difference. So we've got a real chance here to really increase the positivity in people's lives and for you guys to finish your finished objects off and do some good because we'll donate that money. <clears throat> 
By right, my reckoning, we have about 50 projects that have already been finished off. So that's a huge amount of money that has already been raised for Knit for Peace. And let's see, I would love to get to that 150 mark come the 31st of August. So you've still got lots of time to get your finished objects out and done. <clears throat> they just need to have come from your long-term work in progress pile and become a finished object before that deadline. It doesn't matter if it's one of a pair of socks or some doilies that you were making. It does. It's not about the size of the project. It's about the act of finishing, diminishing your work pile and making sure that we're donating to charity. So thank you guys. Thank you to Caroline, Cathy and Claudia. I was just speechless when I got the emails through. I was saying to Matthew, people are, people are just so lovely that they want to get in on this action as well and will donate their own money. Um, yeah, it's been lovely. And on the back of that, with Matthew's new company, he's decided that he's going to donate a certain percentage of the profit out to charity as well. I'm not sure if he's worked out which charity he'll work with or whether he'll pick a different one every month. But on the back of us doing this, he's now setting that up as part of the... Um, principal ethos for his business so it's nice that we've informed his opinion as well thank you keep them coming in I'm loving seeing them all I'm kind of splurging on bits in, in Ravelry and Instagram just because life is really full on at the moment so you might find that you don't hear from me for a little while and then I'll be in there liking everything commenting on everything um, and that's just the way it has to be for me probably throughout the rest of the summer because of all the stuff that I've got on um, but I am I am looking and I'm loving what you're up to please keep it up right the way to the 31st of August let's see how much cash we can raise for this thank you that segues rather nicely to feeding the habit. I went to Woolfest. Actually, I went to the John Harbin Mill open weekend first. I did get yarn, but I got yarn for designs because I'm doing quite a lot of stuff with John and Juliet's wool, which it just makes me really happy that I'm able to do designs with their stuff. Um, and then and that was that was fabulous i put loads of photos and videos and stuff on instagram i'm going to see if i can add them up onto ravelry as well because i'm very aware that the people that are on ravelry sometimes miss out on the content that i put onto instagram so i'm going to try and rectify that whilst i'm doing the editing of the podcast today and tomorrow um so yeah that was a fantastic day we went there and back in one day and besides going and looking at the mill, which I always love doing because you learn something new every single time. I also, um, we went and checked out a village to potentially live in and we've, we've struck it off the list, but just that process of <clears throat> getting to North Devon, North Somerset and being able to say, okay, would we want to live here? <clears throat> feels like we're starting to make movement into the next stage of our life and and moving out of Cheshire and moving down to our coastal area. So that was really exciting. And um, and then I went to Woolfest and that was second to last weekend of June, I think. That was great fun again. I really enjoyed that festival. It's very sheepy, like really sheepy. You've got the sheep soundtrack going the whole way around the festival it's all you can hear is meh 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 it's, it's really good fun and it's very 
it's very fibre based so it's not just knitting there was a, a lot of knitting of course but a lot of hand felting a lot of spinning and a, quite a lot of dyeing as well which you tend to see a little less of but a lot of dyeing equipment people which is one of the things I bought <clears throat> because you know it's, it's another thing that I need to try out properly. I've done a little bit of natural dyeing, but I haven't done anything with Procyon dyes, and that's what I bought, so I'll be having a play with them. I didn't buy any yarn other than a sock blank, which um, I'm going to use to put the dye onto, so I will have a colour palette on, on a sock blank, which will show me how it dyed up, which I thought was quite a clever way of doing it, and then... If I get to a point where I don't need that, then I'm just going to have a really random sock blank to work from at some point. So I did buy that, but it was for a very specific purpose to help me with the dyeing process. Um, and what did, what did I get? I, I did buy some bits and pieces. Probably my favourite thing of all. I might not be able to get it out, I can. I treated myself. You'll be sick of me saying it's my 40th birthday this year. And I'm not saying it because <clears throat> um, that I've got an issue with it at all. I just think it's quite a cool thing to celebrate. I'm, you know, I'm not at all fussed about the fact that I'm turning 40. I just find it's a good excuse to buy myself some really nice things. <laughs> Including a silver crochet hook. I have been eyeing these up for quite some time. They're done by a lady called Lynn Roberts and her company is Lynn Roberts Designs. And she had a number of them there. And Normally I would have said I would buy a four mil crochet hook as my go-to, but actually I'm doing a lot of work with four ply yarn and a three mil hook at the moment. So that's what I bought. It was a beautiful twist on the end of the of the crochet hook. So it's, it's a straight one because what it is is a, a tube of silver that's then got the hook in and the flattened bit to make it slightly more ergonomic. And I was able to stand and talk to um, Lynn for a good 20 minutes and her friend as well, who's helping her out on the stand, who is um, really lovely ladies, very engaging. And uh, it meant that I could test out the three three mil hooks that she had on the stand and make sure I got the one that was the right weight for me and the right feel for me. And since I got this about a week and a half ago, I haven't used any other three mil hook. I've just been loving working with this. It gets to a really nice temperature in your hand and the hook on it is really nice as well. Um, it's quite, you'll know what I mean when I say it's a really hooky hook. I find that sometimes with um, with the wooden hooks I find that the point is too pointy on the hook end and sometimes with the plastic or the metal ones um, it is pointy but there isn't enough depth, the hook doesn't go in enough and the ones that Lynn produces are really, really lovely and to me this is a real heirloom piece, this is something that will only ever leave the house if I'm going on holiday so I'll be taking this to Scotland with me but I would never take this out of the house to just take it as an in-the-car project if we're going away for the day or away for the weekend because I would really not want to lose this. And she also sells lovely little leather pouches to hold the hook in, so I treated myself to one of those as well because my feeling was if it's in a bulky leather pouch, I will always know where it is and I will always know where to put it back to. Whereas if it's just a silver hook, it could get 
mixed up elsewhere. So it goes in here and gets very well looked after. But I know a few people have said to me that they've been eyeing up these hooks and I've used it, like I say, pretty much religiously over the last week and a half and I'm really, really loving it. Um, so I would say if you are going to, if you're UK based and you're going to a yarn show at all this year and Linda's going to be there, go and have a little look because I don't think it's a purchase that you would regret making. And if you've got a special birthday or something coming up, then this is a really lovely Prezi. Um, yeah, but just test them out and see which one you like. Um, as she put it, it's a bit like choosing your wand. Your, your wand will choose you and that's how I felt about this hook. It was the last one I tried and I knew it was going to be the one. It was calling to me. <laughs> but yeah, really lovely um, present. The other thing that I bought was a set of knitting needles. Now I was looking for crochet hooks because they had them last year but they didn't have them this year and they're really, they're made out of um, twigs. <laughs> I think that's the best way I can describe them. They've had the bark taken off them and they've been sanded down and smoothed and they're really knobbly and crooked. You would never use these for knitting needles. And the same with the crochet hooks because you couldn't have said it's a 6mm crochet hook or it's a 7mm because it didn't really work on that basis. So I was a little gutted that they didn't have the crochet hooks because um, I wanted one and Lynn wanted one as well. I couldn't get us one. So I picked up the knitting needles instead because I figured, although I won't use these, these were really nice part of a display on my stand and also as part of my kind of photography setup when I'm doing knitwear stuff. So I thought they, they look nice and they're really tactile and smooth. Um, so that was another little treat. <laughs> and one of the things I love about Wolfest in particular is you tend to get some more vintage stalls. So there's always a second-hand book stall. They're usually at Fiber East as well, actually. And you get Eliza Conway with all of her vintage bric-a-brac and paraphernalia. There's also the button people who've got gorgeous stuff and lots of nice little buttons from them. Um, but the I spent quite a bit of time at the bookstall. There were some hilarious crochet books in there. My favourite one, I'll add a photo into the show notes, was, I can't, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a gentleman in the on the front cover with his really, like, funky old crochet and he's got mad curly hair and he's smoking a pipe. <laughs> I just I just love the the idea that this is a book from probably mid to late seventies, and he's uh, potentially about to start his crochet, but he's got his pipe on the go as well. I just I really liked it. I didn't buy it. I would have done, but it was twelve pounds, and I thought twelve pounds is just a little too dear for something that is a bit of a joke. So I asked the storeholder, and they said I could take a photo of it instead, which is what I did. The one that I did pick up was called, or is called, Finishing Techniques for Crochet. And this was £7.50, it retails for £12.99. Now this isn't a book that I have seen before, but um, it's actually really interesting. So I know there's been quite a bit of chatter over the Dora Orenstein ones, um, which are fantastic, again, for giving you techniques. This one gives you all sorts of information on using colour, on cuffs, bands, edgings, adding pockets. It's really very 
um, very detailed. And whilst some of the projects might be to, not to my taste and a little old-fashioned, actually the techniques that are inside don't date. So that's one of the reasons I picked it up. So if you were looking for a good book that will teach you some of the techniques that you might need for designing garments, I would say this is a, a really good call. It's a, it's a UK book as well, so you don't have, if you're UK based, you don't have the issue with the crossover of terminology. It's from 2009 and it goes through getting started, producing perfect crochet fabrics, creating a professional finish, cuff bands, edgings and pockets, using colour, creating shapes and patterns. Really, really decent book. <clears throat> so that is Finishing Techniques for Crochet by Pauline Turner. I'll add the ISBN number for that into the show notes. And if I get time, I'll also have a quick Google search and see if it's still available anywhere. I don't know if it's still in print, given that it's now eight years old. I'm not sure. But yeah, I will be putting that one to good use, I would have thought. I mentioned in the last podcast that I'd bought a larger project bag. And it's a really lovely one. It's come from Sarah Hazel, <coughs> who's a crochet designer. <coughs> she designs knitwear as well, but I always keep a little eye out on her crochet wear. I've actually bought one of her shawls that I need to crochet up. I thought I was going to start that instead of the Franz project, but then I remembered Stash Bingo and thought I'd better crack on the Stash Bingo. Really cute little bag. It's big enough for me to fit a sweater project in, and given that I've got two sweater projects I want to start over the coming month, I bought myself a couple of bags, and it's got really bright, colourful um, sewing bobbins on the top of it. Really lovely um, purple zip. It's just one of those really nice project bags that I want to use and I want to go to the project that's inside of it. It sounds daft, doesn't it? But that is that is definitely a thing for me now. If a project is in a nice bag and I've got all my bits and pieces together in one or I've got it all in my penny, the bag makes me want to work on the project a little more. That and I've started using um, a progress keeper so I can see how far I'm going from each session that I'm using that, um, from each session that I'm doing that project and that is definitely helping me as well. So that arrived, I think, yeah, I, t I talked about it in the last podcast and then um, it arrived the next day, <laughs> which quite often happens. And I also received a lovely, lovely parcel from Claudia at the Crochet Luna podcast. She said she was going to send me something. I wasn't quite prepared for what she sent. Like, she's, she's a crazy lady. <laughs> and she sent me a new book, which has just come out, I believe. And it is Step Into Crochet by Ron Strong. Now, Ron is a bit of a crochet sock guru in America. He works a lot with Interweave Publishing. And this book is absolutely full, jam-packed with really good information on crochet and socks. It's got loads of patterns in there. And the one that I have pulled out as my first go-to-make, let me just get to the right page, 
are called the azalea socks and they're just little shorty crochet socks but they've got a really nice honeycomb pattern on them and um i've not done anything with crochet shorty socks before so i haven't done knitted ones either but i can really see the benefit of them throughout the summer months so they're going to be the first ones i will do from this book but again it's got all sorts of really good information on heel toe cuff construction choosing the right yarn and um, it goes through the basics of sock construction it's a really good book um, and I think what I'll do is make a couple of pairs from this and then I will properly review this book and let you know what I think of it let you know how the patterns work out and next month we've got another book review which is Vicky Brown's sock book um, and two of our lovely listeners, Anna and Hayley, have been reviewing that for us. So I'll be ready to pop that into next month's podcast. And as if that wasn't enough, Claudia sent me soap and a tin and socks and a bag and yarn. <laughs> and yarn. And it's beautiful. So she sent me, so I don't, I don't have a lot of yarn from American dyers. And she sent me a fingering sock weight skein from Anzula Luxury Fibres. And it's in this gorgeous chartreuse green. They've called it avocado, but it's quite, it's, I wouldn't say it's as soft as avocado. And it's 80% superwash merino, 10% cashmere and 10% nylon. And I don't. I don't think I've worked with a sock yarn that's got cashmere in it before, so that's new to me. It's called Avocado and it's Dialot 112116. And it's this is my green. It's proper chartreuse green. Just absolutely beautiful. And Claudia being Claudia has paired it up with the perfect um, 50 gram skein to go with it, which has got the same greens and those purple and blue dots and, and sprinkles in that I love. And that one is by Trendsetter Yarns. It's called Autumn Wind Confetti. And again, that's that's 10% cashmere and 90% cotton. You would you would not know that that was cotton. It's just, it's just lovely. Um, yeah, really, really beautiful. And that's another American yarn and it's called Olives for Oliver and they're so beautiful together that I think this I think this has to be a, a shawl or a cowl or something because I would only ever want to pair these up together they're gorgeous so my my little brain is ticking over thinking what can I make what can I make what can I make um, and then I forget about them for a while and then they pop back and I think oh I'm gonna probably design something up for these and design something really special so yeah <laughs> lovely unexpected um goodies in the post <laughs> and i love the fact that i can still get yarn even though i'm not buying it so i'm now six months into not buying yarn for personal use of course i've had to buy some for um designing uh, most of which i'm kind of i buy it and i'm using it and then i buy the next and i use that and I'm amazed how well I'm doing. I thought I would have more withdrawals than that, but I, 
I don't, it's fine. I think possibly because um, what I've asked for for my birthday is for all of my family to just give me money so that I can buy yarn. And then when I head up to Scotland, I'm going to go to the Shillestair shop, which is sadly going to shut in October, but Shillestair specialise in using natural dyes on their yarn. And the lady that has been doing it for decades is retiring. And I do believe that somebody else has bought over Shillestair as a brand. Um, and it may be the same quality, I don't know until I, until I see what they produce. But I know that um, what has gone before as Shillestair will no longer be in existence. So when I head to Sky, I'm making a beeline for the Shillestair shop and that will be what some of my birthday money is spent on. And then when we're over on Harris, we're going to take a day trip to the Uist wool mill and I'm going to buy jumpers worth of yarn from there as well. So all of my family, when they've been asking, what do you want, what do you want, you know, what would you like for your birthday? I've said, a skein of yarn, just give me 12 to 15 pounds so that I can buy a skein of yarn and then I'm going to crochet one jumper and knit one jumper and they're going to be my birthday memory jumpers and you will have all individually bought me the yarn that I need to make that jumper. So that's what I'm up to. I love that idea and I also I really like the idea that one will be knitted and one will be crocheted. Um, so I think the Shillister one will be the crocheted one. I'm really excited. So I need to make sure that I print the patterns off and take them to Scotland with me. So even if I can't, I can probably do the crochet one quickly and maybe the knitted one I can at least swatch for and then crack on with it when I get back down the road when we've come home from our holiday. So, although I haven't been buying yarn, birthday month, I will be buying yarn, but it's for a very specific couple of projects. So, I think that's allowed. I feel like that's allowed anyway. So that is it for feeding the habit. Quite, I, I came out of Woolfest feeling like, oh, I haven't bought a lot. <laughs> and it's because I wasn't weighed down with loads and loads of yarn, which is what normally happens. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really good day and I met Sharon from My Crochet Makes on Instagram, so hello to you. And Sharon is now coming to Edinburgh Yarn Festival as well and is staying in the accommodation. So that'll be fab. We're going to have so much fun doing that. Um, so it was lovely to meet her. And then I also almost like nearly bumped into Tilly Trout, who's one of my favourite podcasters. We'd been trying to meet up for a coffee that afternoon, but it took her forever to come up from um, Norfolk. So just as I was leaving, Tilly was coming in. So we managed about a 10 minute chat um, before I had to hit the road and come back home. And she was staying there that night and then going to the Urban Festival the next day. But it was really nice to, to see her out and just meet so many wonderful people. I did feel like I was a little light coming out of Woolfest, but I felt, like I felt good about it, it was fine. So if any of you guys are listening or watching from Northern Ireland, I'm actually heading over to do a show in Northern Ireland at Whitehead, and that's on the 5th of August, and it's called Yarn Folk. Uh, it looks like it's gonna be a really interesting show. It's just a one day thing, and it's on from 10 till 6 
I will post the information up in the show notes, but I think it's like under £6 to get into that Wool Festival. It's really a, a decent um, door price. And there are lots of indie dyers that are going to be there. Um, I think I'm probably one of the only <clears throat> paraphernalia people that are going to be there. So, yeah, it'd be lovely. If you're, if you're based in Northern Ireland and you didn't know about it, then come along. It'd be really nice to see you there. And if you're already going, then come and say hello. I really love meeting people when I'm out and about um, and sharing experiences and patterns and just having a bit of a chit-chat. So it's called Yarn Folk and it's on Saturday the 5th of August. And if you are coming, feel free to bring me coffee because I'm getting the ferry over there at four in the morning. Um. The ferry over to Northern Ireland's really expensive and my parents live in Stranraer, which is like 11 miles from Northern Ireland across the water. So I'm going up on the Thursday night, staying with my mum and dad. We've got stuff to do on the Friday, early to bed, get up at two in the morning and head to Northern Ireland and I'll try and get some sleep on the ferry and then we arrive in at six. So I'm going to be shattered and with matchsticks on my eyes trying to keep myself awake. And then my ferry home I think is, I think I'm on the eight o'clock home or maybe the, maybe half eight. I don't, I don't think I'll get back to Stranraer and my mum and dad's house until like half eleven or something ridiculous that, that next night. So come, come to uh, Yarn Folk and bring me coffee and cake because <laughs> I'm going to need it. <laughs> So I'm going to move on to Big Up and I have two things for you this time around. The first is another crochet podcast. It's by a lady called Rosina and she's in Devon in the UK and she has a YouTube podcast. She podcasts from her living room so it feels like you're just sitting down with her having a bit of a chinwag. It's really nice and a relaxed podcast. Um, so I'll put links to that in the show notes. She's also a designer and works with some of the UK crochet magazines so um, and she has a blog as well but I'll add all of that detail into the show notes. The second big up that I have are two of my friends Helen and Tamara and they're doing a really cool crochet along towards the end of the summer um, so it's a blog hop and a crochet along. I'm going to read out some of the details for you. So it's called the Back to School Sweater Cal and it starts off with a blog hop and then the cal to celebrate crochet garment making and encourage lots of people to make their own garments. All of the details are going to go live on the blogs and in a Ravelry thread on the 29th of July, so coming up in this month. And the Ravelry thread that that's going to be hosted in is actually the Crochet Circle Group 1. When Tamara and Helen were talking to me about what their plans were for this great project, they had talked about having a Ravelry thread and um, I'd offered up the Crochet Circle one for the thread because otherwise they would have to go through the rigmarole of opening up a group for it, trying to get members over there. So I just, I've placed them as moderators on Ravelry for the Crochet Circle group and they will run the thread through there. So even if you don't want to take part in the CAL, but I hope you do, it 
um, you can at least still track and see what they're up to because you'll get it through the crochet circle. And the blog hop starts on the 26th of August and there will be a range of bloggers putting posts up there on all of the different elements of crocheting a garment together. I'm doing a blog on there. The, lots of other people um, are doing them as well. People that you will have heard me talk about, designers that you will have heard me talk about are involved. It's it's really good what they're up to and I'm, I'm very honoured to be a part of it and to be asked to be part of the blog hop. So the actual cal itself is going to run from the 16th of September to the 17th of November. There will be prizes and discounts and Helen and Tamara have said if we've got any other makers out there that listen to this podcast and you would like to be part of the sweater cal then and you would like to offer up a prize then do get in touch with them and let them know or get in touch with me and I'll let them know whichever is easiest for you and again I'll put Tamara and Helen's contact details in the show notes but whether you make project bags or you've got your own handmade crochet hooks or whatever it is if it's crochet related or relatable relatable to the craft of crochet then um, yeah offer up a prize it would be great to see that happening um, and then Tamara is also planning a physical cal <laughs> at her local yarn store so Tamara although she's English she actually lives in Houston in Texas and she works in her local fibre store so I guess she's running the physical cal there with her her crochet group which how great for everybody to be sat doing the same kind of project and having tomorrow therefore back up as well so yeah look out for that one you'll get details on the Ravelry thread and um, it all start kind of on the 29th of July when the thread will go live and it will go onto their blogs and then the actual blog hop itself starts on the 26th of August and then the cal runs from the 16th of September through to the 17th of November, giving you two months to make your garment, um, which is should be enough time to crochet up a garment. Um, but the whole idea is kids are back at school, you're coming into the autumn weather, and maybe it's time to start thinking about crocheting a garment. So if it's something that you've wanted to do, but maybe not had the confidence to start before, come and join in. Come and read all of the blogs and look at all the patterns that people are looking at and be part of the Back to School Sweater Cal. I'm, I'm so excited for these girls and for what they're doing. It's going to, it's going to be a very good crochet album with lots of bells and whistles. It's, it's good stuff. So that just leaves me with what's good. And what's good is I've just had a really busy month so John Arban Mill weekend, Woolfest, I came back from Woolfest on the Friday and on the Saturday I was doing a Raku ceramics day at the pottery that I go to that was lots and lots of fun and then I was down near Brighton uh, with Jenny going to Winky's school fete and helping out with that and then Jenny and I managed to meet up again to do the sheep shearing and had a night over in Wales and I nearly forgot 
We went to see Elbow Live at Delamere Forest. That was on Friday. It's it's just been such a jam-packed June and I've loved it, but I'm most definitely feeling the pressure now to get everything done before I head off on holiday. So it's been great to be so busy and have so many fun activities to do. I'm shattered. I'm so ready for a holiday. I've got so much work to do this summer as well. So I have to pull my little finger out and get on with it. And then, yeah, there's just so much good engagement. And yeah, everything's everything's really good at the moment. Also, I have to say thank you for people who gave me some feedback on the lighting and the audio for the last podcast. I've had a bit of a play around this time round. The settings that I had were fine and for some reason they've changed or something's happened to them. So I've had a little bit of a play around this time round. So thank you for that. Constructive feedback is always, always welcomed. If you think there is an issue or something that you want to cover or don't want me to cover, then I'm absolutely fine to receive that feedback. Of course, you can't make everybody happy but um, constructive feedback and criticism, always welcome. Negative, less so, just move on, <laughs> frankly. If you haven't got anything good to say, say nothing at all. I'm saying that on the back of the fact that Ed Sheeran, whilst I'm not a fan, has decided to, to come away from Twitter because he finds it to be such a negative space, which is, I think, really unfortunate, but I feel that way about quite a lot of social media people say things online that they wouldn't dare to say to your face and i think that's a bit of a shame so all positive vibes welcome all constructive feedback absolutely welcome because i don't want to do something unless it's going to be well received and it's the kind of output that you expect to see so thank you for that and i think we're done i think i think that's another podcast boshed um, I am going to take you with me up to Harris, so I'll try and put bits and pieces up on Ravelry and I will definitely be putting things up on Instagram. So what I'm not going to try and do is bombard you with my holiday photos because nobody needs that. But quite a lot of my holiday is going to be wool and textiles related and kind of boat trips and ferry trips and bits and pieces of Scotland as well, which... You know, not everyone is going to be able to experience the Outer Hebrides in their lifetime. So I will be posting a little more of that whilst I'm away and probably posting a bit more because I'll have a bit more time on my hands. So you're coming with me whether you like it or not. You're going to have to be on my holiday with me. <laughs> right, on that note, we're done. I'm going to slurp the rest of my tea, have a little chill out for a minute and then pack up what is a total shed hole of an office and um, get on to editing. It is now ten past four and I started recording at half eleven. It's been a long one. There have been a few issues. I've been out for a walk. I've been to Waitrose. <laughs> it's not exactly been a long one continuous film this time round. Yeah, Celebi, it's life. Right. I'm going to stop waffling. Bye-bye.
Holy crap, it's half 11. I was about to start at nine. <laughs>